Hi, I'm Samantha of Goddess Awakening. I'm here to hold a safe space and share with you the true and authentic stories of how we got here. Empowering women, elevating for all. All right, welcome to another episode of Goddess Awakening podcast. I have a very special guest with me today all the way from Nashville. Well, they are, they're on, you know, the internet, but... Say hello to the other Brian, best friend Brian. What up? What up? I still don't know how I feel about being the other Brian, but that's okay. <laughs> I'd like to think we're like Brian A, B type deal, but uh, we're still ironing out the details, you know, but what's up? Hello, goddesses. Yeah, it's uh, it's Monday today. It's um, like a few days before Thanksgiving. Thanks for asking me to be on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We just, well, I was just in Nashville, actually, um, for some sad reasons. Unfortunately, one of our good friends, Kyle, passed. Um, so I was visiting some friends and just collecting hugs and love from all the people that, that knew and loved Kyle as well. So I got to hang out with uh, Brian while I was there. Yeah, man, my place is the go-to when you're in town. You know that. Yeah, I I think it was uh I think it was Skinny dropped me off and I was like, I wonder how many times I stayed the night at Brian's house, but like on his couch, a lot. Yeah, that's um that's a really good point. Uh, like I said, well, and I've always told you, you know, when you're in Nashville, you know, I love seeing you, and it and honestly, always just ends out working out easier that way too, because uh, then we're just running around and doing crazy stuff. But yeah, I mean. Super sad. I mean, uh, occasion to see you this weekend, but always good to to have you in town and kick it for a little bit and catch up with the homies for sure. So, yeah, and Brian's got his own podcast too. You're on episode like eighty something. Uh, we have eighty six live. We got two in the chambers. So we got eighty eight recorded. Uh, so we got a couple more episodes coming out here over the holidays. But yeah, yeah, shameless plug. Go follow at Millennialistic Pod on Instagram. Um, yes, me and uh, my best friend Xavier, we just we bullshit about whatever. So uh, my most recent guest was you. So that works out really well. And our uh, other good buddy, Skinny B. We've had a bunch of guests on here and there. And I just like talking to people and hearing their story and talking to them about whatever it is they do and kind of how they got started with doing it. Uh, but a lot of episodes, too, it's just, it's just me and Xavier kind of bullshitting back and forth about whatever's going on. So I think this last episode we were talking about uh, Snoop Dogg officially giving up weed and uh, Andre 3000's new flute album. So uh, it's definitely a, definitely a hot topic. So go tune in. Yeah, the only thing I saw about that Snoop Dogg situation is someone was like, is his joint roller going to get like a severance package? So you know what? And that's crazy. I, not to like divulge into this, but you brought it up. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually a... I saw something today. I think it's actually a genius marketing ploy for this like smokeless, uh, like mini fire pit thing that he's like now selling. It's like nothing to do with marijuana. It's like all about this like smokeless fire pit company that he's like marketing for now. But it like has created so much buzz because so I'll send you the commercial that I saw today when we get off of here. And it just it's new. He's like, yeah, I gave up smoke that sticky icky smell and all that on your clothes. He's like, now I go with this smokeless fire pit. 
So I think it's uh, it's all about this these like solo fire pits or stuff. I'll send you the link. It's very interesting. But so did he say why he's actually stopping smoking marijuana? No, I think that's the thing. He's not. He's still smoking weed. The whole thing is he's oh. not smoking like wood wood burning fires anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. It's, it's but isn't that hilarious though that he can put something out like that and it just like goes viral. Everybody's talking about. I mean, they're going to sell a million of those suckers tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. All you got to do is be famous. So that one's easy. I love Uncle Snoop. He's, uh, Snoop's always been a big inspiration. I mean, not just, I love his music. I'm a big like 90s West Coast hip hop guy. So Snoop's like my Mount Rushmore of rappers of all time, but also just kind of what he's done post rap. And I mean, this guy's pushing he's well in his 50s and he's stayed relevant for the last almost 40 years now. Like that's crazy. Everybody in this country, our grandparents and our siblings' kids know who Snoop Dogg is. That's crazy. That's true. That is true. All right. Shout out Snoop Dogg. We're going to have to listen to your podcast to hear more about what he's doing. No, go follow him on Snapchat. He's a good Snapchat follow, actually. So we're going to go all the way back because, um, so Brian and I met um, through our Bonnaroo family. Um, I don't even know what year that was, like 2016, 17. I think that was 16. So I moved down to Tennessee in 2015, but that would have been late that, no, that would have been 2017 actually, because I think six, well, 16, I met up with you guys. I think 17 was when I camped with the whole group. Cause I wasn't sure. Like I met you guys. Well, I think you've talked enough about the group on this podcast. You know, we're, we have a heavy like Tennessee presence. Um, so, you know, at one point um, when I moved down here, that's kind of, I was hanging out with a lot of uh, kind of those folks and they're like, yeah, we take this big group and like, you should come camp. And I had no idea what they meant. So I was like, yeah, we're going to check this out for a year and kind of see what's going on here before we decide to camp with all these crazy people. And uh, lo and behold, those crazy people ended up being my best friends. So, um, yeah, I think that was 2017 though, when we like officially camped. Um, yeah, crazy year that year. They all were. They all blurred together for me. Yeah, probably one of the better years, for sure, though. So we meet then. Um, at the time, I was dating my ex, and then you were not... I guess you guys were still dating, too. Yeah, because yeah, I, I went to your wedding as well. Ex-wife, yeah, yeah. So we were with our exes, ex-husband wives now, um, and you guys actually were roommate or sorry, you guys were like hallmates with, uh, Xavier and Shelby. That's how originally you got pulled in. Yeah. Shelby and I, the first apartment complex that I moved into when I moved to, cause I grew up in, in like downstate Illinois, Bloomington, Illinois. And, uh, when I first moved down to Tennessee, I like randomly found this apartment complex and yeah, Shelby was right across the hall from me. And then, uh, Xavier ended up moving in there about six months later. So that's how I got tied in with Xavier and them. Pretty crazy. Cause Xavier was one of the very first people I met with the Tennessee group. Yeah. I, I talk about it all the time. Like it's definitely not a coincidence. Like I'm a big believer in like you meet the right people at the right time for the right reasons. So I know there's definitely like no coincidence that like I stumbled upon that apartment complex and that unit and like all that. I was freaking out too. I couldn't find a place to stay that like wasn't uh, like, 
in the ghetto of Murfreesboro and stray bullets flying everywhere. So I was like, I don't even know where I'm going to live. And I just like randomly stumbled upon that place. But uh, yeah, it's just crazy. So been to Bonnaroo a bunch of times. Um, End up going to your wedding. And then let's see. I think I always get years confused. So yeah, um, our not Bonnaroo. Uh, festival that we all th- end up throwing together. Well, that's debatable depending on who you ask. Um, but the Bonnaroo that didn't happen at the end of 21. Yes. So September. Whenever Bonnaroo canceled. Is that right? What was the year that we all went to Dana's house? Was that? that, that was yeah. COVID. I want to say that was the year before. I think that was 2020. Why did that year's Bonnaroo get canceled? That was the COVID year. Yeah. And then 21, they moved it to September and then canceled it because of the hurricane. Hurricane. That's right. Yeah. Like you said, after a while, it's kind of because you've been to eight, right? Or no, you've been to 10, haven't you? 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So eight. Yeah. So I've been to seven. And yeah, I haven't been back since the COVID year. I haven't either. Yeah. No. And and like we've talked about this a lot, um, just in our conversations of like, I love Bonnaroo. Like it definitely, it, the first year I went down, um, I went down with my college roommate, uh, shout out Chris Sanchez. He was basically like, yo, do you want to go to this music festival with me? And this was when I was going to school in, in Iowa, in Iowa city. So the drive down to Manchester, Tennessee was like 10 hours. And I was like a music festival. Like I've never even, I didn't even know what a music festival was at that point. Kind of like, kind of like what you were saying, how you were when you were going, I like, I've like maybe thought about what that idea would be or had an idea of what I would see, but really had no clue like what I was getting myself into. But he showed me the lineup and I'm a big hip hop head. Like anybody that knows me knows I love, again, I'm a big like 90s, early 2000s hip hop. that year, like Kanye West was headlining, which I'm not a big Kanye fan, but wanted to see him while I was there. It was uh, like Ice Cube, Wiz Khalifa. Uh, I think Skrillex was on that lineup. Skrillex did a super jam that year that I think will forever be my favorite concert of all time because of like who he brought, like he brought out Chance the Rapper, uh, ASAP Ferg, Damian Marley, uh, Fatboy Scoop, like a bunch of people. And it was just a crazy party. And Skrillex like was emceeing the whole thing. And it so it's like nonstop. me is the best. I've never been to a super jam of Bonnery that topped that. Uh, the next year's was pretty good too, but but not quite that. But yeah, so that like blew my mind my first year, and that was pretty sold. So went down the second year after I graduated college. That would have been 2015, and then at that point I got a job offer in Murfreesboro, so I was 30 minutes away. So I was like, oh, well, that works out pretty well. So just got, I went for another five years after that until COVID. So, but I love Bonnaroo. It, it definitely has like gotten more commercialized over the years. I don't think that's like a secret there was a time it was like definitely a lot more grassroots and, and it like it's still a great time i think the weather over the years gotten a lot better um especially since they've like moved the dates and all that but uh just i don't know me i don't know if it's me getting older and more out of touch with like new music or if their lineup keeps getting crappier every year but it just it seems like the lineup gets worse every year and the prices keep going up every year. So I've kind of like fallen out of it at this point, but I loved it. Like the times I went, I will speak very highly of it. And if you've never been to a festival before, if you've never been to a camping festival before, it's a great 
first camping festival, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a big one. It's uh, typically, I think the average now is like about 80,000 people. So it is a huge music festival. Um, There's definitely bigger ones and there's definitely way smaller ones. So it kind of just depends on, you know, what your vibe is. Um, The nice thing is it is multi-genre. So you get a little bit of everything. Um, I mean, there's like Sheryl Crow will be there and then there'll be like heavy metal and of course EDM music and jam bands. So you kind of get a little bit of everything. Yeah, and the lineup's better some years than others, but, like, they have so much money they put into it. Like, you're going to go see some good bands, you know? Like, that's basically a guarantee that, like, you're going to go find something that you like out there. Probably most people. You The thing is, if you're that big enough to even get booked at a festival that big, you got to be pretty decent. So you're going to run into some artists. You, I, I found some of my favorite artists that I still listen to to this day, those 2014, 2015, 2016 years of modern but when they were like a nobody up and coming, you know? Yeah, I remember seeing um, Childish Gambino and Kendrick Lamar probably like 2013, I want to say. And they were on like the side stages and like no one knew who they were. It's it's crazy to see the artists like from from the beginning, basically. Well, it's not their beginning, obviously, but just kind of like rising up at this. Because now, I mean, I've seen Childish Gambino in 2019 when he was there and that's when he retired from music. So he said, but um, thankfully he's coming back with some uh, new music here soon. So that's exciting. Yeah, he's been acting. He got that Star Wars money. And he's he's like good now. So, but yeah, no, that's how I found my boy uh, Danny Brown. I just saw this guy like going crazy on stage. That was 2014. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think I was like late going in. It was on Sunday. I was late getting in. I was like kind of pissed. But I was like, yeah, whoever that guy is, like those speakers are bumping. That guy's crushing it over there. So I just kind of naturally gravitated towards it. And Danny Brown's like been one of my favorite rappers ever since. He actually just came out with a new album. Go download Danny Brown's new album, Quatra, on Spotify and Apple Music. It's good as fuck. But yeah, Danny Brown's my boy. So I said, I'll, I'll forever be grateful for Bonnaroo. But yeah, just it, we've kind of talked about it. it gets harder to justify going to a festival for the eighth, ninth, tenth time when you've already like been there, done that. I just, I don't think I've like outgrown Bonnaroo it's just to the point where like I want to go see other things in this world other than kind of same song and dance even though the lineup's different every year you know just again kind of after a while once you've sort of done everything out there that there is to do you know just you wait against going to do something else anything else for the first time you know what I mean and then just the the explorer in me was like, yeah, I got to I gotta get out and grow a little bit from that. Yeah, there's lots of options. I tried uh, Sonic Bloom last year instead of Bonner because it was the same weekend, and it's about 7,000 people. Um, it's actually like super southern uh, Colorado, almost on the border, and it was amazing. I love that festival. Um, but it kind of just depends on the vibe you're looking for. So Bonnaroo, we've got this big group that goes, and then Bonnaroo canceled – we talked about that in another podcast, so we won't go super deep into that. But um, September of 21, we're all trying to go. It gets canceled. So we're like, let's just grab some porta potties and a place to camp and hang out. And of course, Jason and Kyle and that group has tons of speakers. So it turned into a 2,000-person music festival overnight, which was wild and amazing. And that was the weekend that I was like, yes, I can do my own music festival. And um, I ended up staying in Tennessee for a full month. Um, there was, there was that event and then there was two weddings. So I basically like lived at your house for the month of September. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny to think back to that, that time now, especially too. Um, so then, yeah, that's what I was like, all right, let's do this. Um, and then you and I end up buying 
an LLC and we're like, let's start this business for event production, basically. Yeah, and I want to say really kind of the only reason we got the LLC was for like insurance purposes, maybe. Was that it? Yeah, I think so. And just because we were excited, I think that was part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's like, you know, we'll kind of get into it, but that's like kind of one of, one, one of my big things was like, you know, until we really needed it, I didn't really feel like we had, I feel like a lot of people do that in business. Like they go out and try to like do all, and then it's like, hey, like go start making money first. And then, then worry about some of that sort of stuff. But uh, I think, yeah, I think it ran into like booking a venue. So we needed insurance and the insurance needed like a federal tax ID. But I think if it weren't for that, we probably would have kept doing it without it. But Right. So that's basically when I was like, okay, I had had this idea the whole year. Um, since a music festival, I had helped plan in March. And then I was like, I want to plan this festival for women. Um, and then it was like, okay, now I've got a name. Hey, I've got a venue. Um, and then we pretty much just ran from there and planned a whole ass music festival from the ground up. Well, that's not the exact timeline as I remember it. No? Okay. Because, well, all right, so first off, you've been talking about wanting to do a festival for years before yeah, we did that. Yeah, that's true. I think mean, that, like, that was just the thing that, like like you said, kind of proved to yourself, like, oh, shit, I can actually do this. Because uh, so, we had been talking about it for maybe a couple of years leading up to that. And it was sort of, like, always thrown around as, like, this dream idea, but, like, nothing really serious. And then, yeah, I think after that is when it really struck. But, uh I, I do remember you saying that. I, I remember you said, uh, yeah, I want to do a music festival and I want to gear towards women. Do you remember my reaction to that? Do you remember what I told you? No. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> last year will never work. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, wow. And I was like, no, you're, no, no, you won't be able to get corporate sponsorships. Nobody about to tell you as well. Yeah, I was like, that yeah, won't work. <laughs> but then... Uh, I think as we talked about it more, I really got sold, um, you know, really on just kind of that idea, Samantha, of like what the more I heard about. And this is what we talked about. The more I heard about your idea of Goddess Awakening as a whole, not just the music festival, like that was kind of the idea I bought into. And then it was like the music festival is just kind of the flagship of that, you know, Um that's so yeah, I mean that's that's what kind of got me into it. Of I really like bought into not so much like how can we sell this many tickets, but I saw like your your bigger vision of like we're gonna help a lot of women that are struggling with a lot of different things through this and provide a new platform that really is not accessible in the music industry. And I think that was kind of something that blew both of our minds, you know, as people that didn't really work in the music industry prior to, you know, that year, um, just kind of coming into it was like just the lack of female representation everywhere. Like not just in the lineup, but in the stage crew, in the production crew, like in the, in the vendors and the sponsors, like all of it is so male dominated everywhere you look. And that's when it kind of clicked for me on the festival side of, of what I originally thought Maybe it wasn't a great idea and a limited demographic and yada, yada, yada. I was like, oh, shoot, no, there's, a, there's actually a really big niche here of like, these women need a platform to come perform their music, vendor their merchandise, like do their thing where it just, it's, it was shocking to me how gatekeeped, gatekeeped, that's not even a word, gatekept that whole industry is for women. So it just, I saw the opportunity where you were trying to open up that door 
and then go beyond that. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy because I had um, been getting pretty connected with um, a lot of like DJs, especially. And then when it was time to like start putting our festival together for Goddess Awakening, it was like I had to go like search for women because I just didn't know any at the time. But then as soon as you started looking, we came across so many like awesome, talented, badass female artists. Yes. And then it was like, how has nobody ever heard of you? Like, why are you not playing festivals every month? Like, this is crazy. Yeah, it was very interesting because it was a lot of pe- times people will say, oh, there's just there's just I don't just I don't know any. There's just not a, there's just not as many out there. They're just hard to find. I'm like, they're not hard to find. Literally, all you have to do is start trying. And it was so easy. You're not looking and you're not gearing it towards what it's, it's again. It's all geared towards the male demographic. It's crazy. But I think, too, you know, uh, um, one just kind of interesting tidbit while we're talking about female artists, uh, uh, you know, shout out to our girl Alice in Wonderland of, uh, I remember at Bonnaroo, what year was it she played Bonnaroo? Like 20... 2018. Dude, she played this set where she did the Busta Rhymes verse of the... And then she cut like a half a second of the... And then, and then like turned that into a hip hop beat and it blew my freaking mind. And ever since then, I was like, this girl's queen, like she's got it. So again, yeah, there's, there's top tier female talent out there if you're looking for it and you're seeking for it and, and you're providing a platform for it. Yeah. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland is definitely one of my very favorite artists of all time. I've seen her twice at Red Rocks now. And um, also, she just had a baby, and it's pretty cool at EDC Vegas when I got to see her perform there. She literally was like 8.5 months pregnant, and she had like the ambulance and her medical people and like everyone ready just in case something happened. Um, So it was pretty wild. Skrillex can't do that. No, he cannot. (laughs) That's like Rihanna doing the Super Bowl, what, seven months pregnant? Prince couldn't have done that, you know? Yeah, so that was pretty epic. Definitely. Allison's definitely on the bucket list to book for Goddess Awakening um, eventually. So one day we'll have an extra 500000 plus to book her. I would like, I would love to. Yeah, well, and I guess that's kind of what I was saying. I'm like, it, it kind of has shocked me that like Allison Wonderland and Closey and like a couple of these other like big female artists haven't come together to do a women festival yet. Like that's what's kind of blown my mind. So that's all I'm waiting on. I'm waiting for them to like send us $100,000 each and be like, we're headlining the event and you guys do everything else. That'd be fantastic. So we can just put that out into the universe. I got to write my six month letter to myself. So I'll make sure to include that. Heck yeah. I mean, shoot, throw it out. So let's talk about actually planning a music festival because this is something that I had kind of done, but I've definitely never done every aspect of the festival. And Lots of people were definitely helpful, but you were 100% like the right-hand man helping me through like all of the stuff. So like what's some stuff that you remember about actually planning the festival, like leading up to March? Yeah, I I think it's so funny you say that because that 100% was all you. And I feel like (laughs) I was just there to support kind of what you were doing. But I mean, it really, I think... I think so many people that I talk to that plan music festivals or want to plan music festivals or in the middle of planning a music festival are talking to me about, and this is where you and I coming from the private sector 
and not really having a music background, I think actually played to our advantage because I feel like people don't think about the like grassroots most important things at a music festival. And really when you break it down, like there's really not a whole lot of things to do. There's about a dozen very important things to cover. And if you cover those like 12 things, you're pretty solid. So we knew like obviously security insurance, I would say is, is probably biggest things on that list of just, you know, any sort of business, you want to try to transfer liability as much as possible. So you want to cover your bases in any sort of worst case scenario, a fight breaks out, a fire breaks out, a car crashes into something that you are 100% covered and that you're not going to get sued or something come back to you. So I think that's probably the, the biggest thing there. Uh, same with like medical, um, those sort of, I, so that's probably top priority of, of cover yourself from a liability standpoint as much definitely get, you know, event insurance, like we were talking about, um, as much coverage as you probably can get for an affordable price. Um, and then again, like what's, what's kind of next in a music festival? Well, sound and audio is pretty important. Um, this is another thing that I see a lot of music festivals put a lot of money into a lot of things that are not probably in that top 10, top 12 most important things. And then they cheap out on the audio and sound production. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, just because again, like that's what people are there for. They're, they're primarily there for the music. Um, so if the music doesn't sound good as, as in like the audio is, shifty or people aren't the sounds off or their music doesn't carry or what you don't have people know what they're doing and same with the lights like if there's not cool visuals running or if there's no visuals running at all or if it's all a mess you got a weird logo you know, other people's logos going during other people's sets and all that kind of stuff it's like it just looks sloppy and then um, you know, third, you know, it's just like comfortability, you know, again, so you want to have a camping festival where people are comfortable. So you want to make sure that you have porta potties is probably a big one. People want to be able to go to the bathroom and, and be somewhat clean. So, and someone to come take care of those porta potties, um, vendors, make sure that you've got plenty of, you know, people are going to need to eat out there. People are going to need water, ice, where are they going to go for that, um, sort of stuff. Now, again, like, but don't overthink that. Like, again, as long as you have water out there and people can stay hydrated and they've got fluid, that's great. If you don't have top-notch smoothie vendors or alcohol vendors or whatever, like, okay, that's something you can work on. But again, I've seen so many people put so much into those things and then it's like, they don't have good food vendors and you're screwed. So, um, and again, just kind of camping and all that. And then, you know, again, it's, it's price point too. Uh, you got to be realistic on what you're paying people and what you're charging for your ticket prices. Um, you know, so many people I think are kind of unrealistic. And that was, I would say that was probably the number one biggest lesson we learned is to, to really throw a legit music festival. I mean, gosh, you're going to need a minimum 25 grand and I'm talking minimum 25. Grand. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> that's not 25 grand that like you have that you hope to get back. That's like 25 grand that you're basically investing to get that festival off the ground. Realistically, probably closer to about 50 grand. But again, that's, that's the same story for a lot of businesses. If you want to go open up a food truck, if you want to go open up a landscape business, if you want to start your own handyman business, like you're going to have to invest some money in that to get it off the ground. So don't get like, 
definitely a music festival is like not a get rich quick scheme. And I think there's a lot of, especially young people out there that kind of view it as that of like, well, shoot, we'll just book this awesome lineup. We'll sell tickets. Everybody loves all these artists. So they'll spend whatever and we'll have 50,000 people. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. Um, like you don't catch lightning in a bottle like that. It's something that's got to be grown and built. Like you look at summer camp, you know, we've talked about that. That's actually about 45 minutes uh, where from, from where I grew up in Monticello, Illinois, that was like a very small grassroots festival for the very, you know, first two, three, four, like it was kind of a joke of like, man, these, these hillbillies are trying to throw an EDM party in the middle of a cornfield. Like nobody's going to go to that. Now here they are seven, eight years later, they've blown up, but it like, it didn't start that way. It really had to be grown and they've done a great job with kind of, uh, you know, fostering that environment to help it grow. But, you know, you're just not, you're not going to sell 50,000 tickets year one. So you've got to be able to basically prepare to take a loss uh, your first two or three years um, until you really start to flip a profit, you have brain awareness and you have significant ticket sales and all of that. So... Well, we're going to make a profit year two, so that's that's already written. Just letting you know. <laughs> um, another another big thing that um, is going to be like a pretty big, ch- well, not a big change, but um, more aligned with my you know true vision of Goddess Awakening is the main stage is going to be um, you know the music and everything, and then the second stage is going to be dedicated to like workshop spaces. Um, because something that I've noticed is that I have, I know so many people in the music industry and I, especially over the last year or so, I would say I've gotten very connected in like the spiritual healing world. Um, so I'd say my target audience is almost more to that, that spiritual community of people who want to like come and heal. I've already had tons of people reaching out to me just yesterday Someone wants to do Reiki sessions, and that's like right up my alley. Um, so it's gonna be really cool seeing all these people from you know these two different worlds come together because that really is my goal is to bring music and this healing healing world together. Um, and then we talked about um, kind of like what you're going to be heading up for this next year. So ten ten twenty four, of course, our tickets will be on sale on Friday for one hundred and eleven bucks. Um, so next next year, you're going to kind of head up this um, this special space that is going to be brand new to Goddess Awakening. Yeah, I'm super stoked about that. And uh, it was one of those, like, as soon as you text me about it and you're like, hey, how would you feel about doing this? I was like, boom, yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah, and, and we're still working on a name and kind of what it's going to look like. But the idea is that we're going to have um, kind of a nonprofit area there where local uh, nonprofits can kind of come together and have a space where they can talk about their message. You know, again, going back to Bonnaroo, you know, they have the Rue Planet area where they have a lot of nonprofits, um, something kind of similar to that idea. Um, but people that are focused and kind of bought into, you know, what Goddess Awakening is trying to do. So um, a lot of things kind of geared toward towards that message. So um, that actually reminds me, we, we start making some phone calls probably after the holidays. So, but that's a, project I'm, I'm super excited about. Uh, we talked a, a briefly there too. Of, you know, I, th- I think we'd like to dedicate that space to our friend Kyle too, uh, as a way to kind of carry on his legacy and spreading goodness in the world. So um, be something really nice to have like a sentimental attachment to that space um, just to bring some extra purpose to that mission. But yeah, I think that's kind of the idea. Um, and that's what we've talked about plenty uh, too, Samantha, is 
you know, again, the Goss Awakening is not a music festival um, as much as it is this this idea, this philosophy of empowering women to have the same platforms as as the men and um, provide healing for for those women that um, you know have have been short stick for, and that could be in a lot of different things, you know. And, and I think that's where a lot of your spiritual healing um, and a lot of that comes into play as well. So again, it all ties into the same. Kind of idea philosophy. Yeah, I was talking about it with um, boyfriend Brian, and he's like, "We need a name for this because it's not—it's more than just a music festival." And I've felt that since the day I spoke out about like what it is we're doing. Um, but festival is just an easy way to like grab people's attention, and like I said, that target audience. Um, so I think I had been calling it like last year. I started calling it like music arts healing experience. Um, so I'm getting closer, but it definitely is very much like retreat meets music festival. Um, and it kind of brings, brings all of it together. So I feel like it, it's, it feels very like unique and like niche. And I feel like this could be for everyone. Um, it, it doesn't have to be for just one particular kind of person. Yeah, and it truly, yeah, it's very, like, super inclusive. And I think that's the thing, too, of, like, kind of since we've started this, we've built a pretty awesome team of people that have little to no experience in what they're doing or what we're asking them to do. Um, but, again, just are good people, work really hard, and believe in, in the mission and the vision of, of kind of where you want to take this thing. And that's, I think, really what it's more about. Of, so when you go you know, online this, this Friday to buy your tickets to Goddess Awakening, uh, just know like, absolutely, you're not buying a ticket to a music festival. You're really kind of buying an entry to an event for a community. Like it doesn't, you know, I don't want to say it's, it's like an entry ticket uh, to get in. Um, but again, this is kind of like the flagship event for this community that you're building. So it's, you're not coming to be a part of a music festival as much as you are a community. Yeah, definitely. Community is like one of my, probably my number one core value um, for myself. And then definitely for this music festival and, you know, this this whole Goddess Awakening um, experience that we're creating. Because that's another thing is uh, this year I got to um, host the Goddess Awakening like harm reduction space at different music festivals. So like you're saying, the, the festival itself is kind of like the main event. And um, we want to keep showing up in other places to provide that safe space for people as well. Um, Backwoods is definitely one that we loved this year and looking forward to being back at that one. Um, which is another one in Arkansas. And then um, we also did a Terp Float Fest, which was local to me in Oklahoma. And I absolutely am so down to do that one again. Um, it's such a great festival. If you haven't been, I think that it was like 3,000 people. Um, but just like even, even from the people that were organizing the event, just like good, wholesome people who like cared about every part of the event, which is that's my people. Yeah. And that's really what we're looking for. And that's kind of what we said from the beginning of like, if you're the type of person of like, well, this is my lane and I'm going to stay in this lane and only kind of do what I've been asked to do. Like, we're not really kind of in a space right now where we can have, like, we really are. Again, we're looking for people that are bought in and want to help contribute to the kind of big picture of this thing. So, and again, we've, we've got a pretty awesome team that's been put together. So, um, and I'm just, I'm super proud of you for making it happen, man, and, and bringing it together. Well, I definitely 
think I could have done it without you, but it would have sucked a lot more for sure. So I definitely, I tell people all the time, like you were my right-hand man the whole way. Um, You definitely were a big part of making it happen. Well, I was happy to help. And again, I don't like for anybody out there that's listening, that's like trying to play in a music festival that like has no idea what you're doing. Perfect. Like, I think that's honestly better than a lot of these bozos that have been brainwashed by the, the just inconsistencies of the music industry. So um, again, yeah, we had no idea what we were doing, but we had the right idea. I think, you know, respect plays a big role into it and just being, being kind to everybody and being easy to work with, you know, and it's really not that difficult if you just make that a choice of that's like who we're going to be. So um, and again, we've gotten people that have really bought into that. So, and we hope it grows, but we hope that as it grows, that people stay bought into those fundamental. And again, like, I think it's like anything else like that. We don't just keep it in that space, but that you take those ideas and those philosophies and, and take them back home with you and take it back to your town and go make an impact. Okay. So I want to ask, what is like one of your favorite memories from the actual weekend of Goddess Awakening? Well, I hate to double up on kind of what you already said on on a previous episode, but definitely the first thought that comes to mind was that last night, just kind of as everything was wrapped up. I think I think I caught you like sitting down or laying down at Colin's set, our buddy Colin's set, uh, Colin B. Con, go follow him on Instagram as well. Um, and we were just vibing out. Like, again, everything was kind of already done for the weekend and wrapped up and just it had gone really well. We didn't make a whole lot of money, but had a lot of positive feedback and really avoided any like major catastrophes. So, I mean, all in all, it was just a really good weekend. We just felt really good about it. And it just I think you and I stayed out there and just kind of danced around for, you know, two, two, three hours, just kind of closing out the weekend. And, uh, you know. And really, like, people make it sound like playing a music festival is, like, all stressful and chaotic. It really wasn't. Like, it it really wasn't. It really wasn't that bad. If you, like, do your due diligence and plan ahead, um, it really shouldn't be that stressful, like, the weekend, like, during the weekend. You're going to have shit that pops up, sure. But, again, if you plan it out well enough, and so... I think, it, you know, but again, things are going to pop up. We had definitely some stressful situations throughout the weekend, but it was just nice to kind of cut loose there for a few hours and just enjoy what you had created for a few hours, you know? Yeah, it was. It, it didn't feel like there was a whole lot of like extra stuff that we had forgotten about, which felt really good. Uh, minus the time where I wasn't clear with Jason, our production team, um, that there were bands playing. And we had to like <laughs> scramble to figure out how to move these like giant LED walls so these, you know, five person bands could play. Um, and it ended up perfect because my production team is fire as fuck. Um, and they end up like playing on like the speakers and the, the yeah, on the speakers, they were literally playing um, their set. So it was super cool. And shout out to our friend, Jason. I know you've done it a lot on this podcast, but he really doesn't get enough credit. Like that guy for real is a legit sound audio visual wizard like doesn't just know how to program your leds like knows how to build your leds like inside and out can play your sound i mean can like literally do it all so if you're blessed enough to book jason for any event that you have i don't care what it is like you're very blessed and we're blessed to have him like he's just an all-around good dude and i think the thing about Jason is he's he's just as bought into what you're doing as you are. 
You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Like the support we've gotten from him, not only from, you know, what he does on that side of it, but just the emotional and yeah. mental support that we've gotten from him. I mean, he's truly been like a mentor for us throughout the whole thing. Yeah, definitely thankful for Jason and Kyle and all of their time and heart they put into. Yeah, so everyone will be back, even though Kyle won't be there in the physical form. He'll definitely be there in spirit in lots of ways and looking forward to um, booking some artists for him. I was going to say, too, my second favorite memory actually from that weekend was actually when you and I were kicking it with Kyle, which that was kind of a cool thing for me, too, that weekend. I've never like been I'm not a. I'm not an audio production guy. I don't know anything about the things or the buttons or the knobs or anything like that. So it's kind of cool to see that. But I remember me and you were talking to Kyle and he had a tablet with like all the audio settings on it. You remember that? And he was like, yo, check this out. He was like messing with the bass and like turning it up and down. So you hear like the speakers and then, and it was like messing with the sounds that was going on. And DJ was like, <laughs> and Kyle sitting there laughing his ass off. And it was just, it showed you how like the like genius of Kyle that he like knows what he's doing well enough to fuck around like that. But also just like the, the like kind heartedness, like playful side of him of like, I'm so good at this that I can, I can fuck around and do some things. And uh, yeah, dude, Kyle's just was an awesome dude, was really good at what he did. And uh, he's going to really be mess miss at this festival for many, many reasons for sure. Yeah. We love you, Kyle. Whoo. Okay. I think we're going to wrap it up here. So thanks for coming on to Goddess Awakening. I'm glad I finally got to have you on my podcast for once. <laughs> yeah, thanks for finally inviting me on. Hey, and uh, definitely, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited for you, Samantha. Uh, you know, I've totally been bought into this vision that you've done. Uh, for anybody that's wondering, you know, what Goddess Awakening is or what it's all about, uh, this girl has the purest intentions and really wants to blow this thing up to where it is empowering for women. And it does reach out to a lot of women and, and supports women in ways that just is not accessible in the past. So um, please, if you buy into that vision at all and you have anything to bring to the table, whether that's time, talent, skills, you DJ, you make stuff, you're a vendor, you're an artist, like whatever, please, please, please reach out to Samantha because we'd love to have you a part of the team and uh i just I, you're awesome and buy a ticket yeah buy a ticket black friday go buy a ticket 111 dollars. but you're amazing samantha i love you you continue to be an inspiration yeah thank you and where can we find uh your stuff brian go follow my podcast millennial at millennialistic pod uh on instagram millennialistic on facebook Go find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, it's a super fun time. We talk a lot about Goddess Awakening and give updates, but now that you have your own podcast, I don't even know how we're going to do that, but uh, we're, we're still going to plug it. I don't even care, but uh, yeah, definitely go follow us. It's a fun listen. All right. Thanks for coming on. Love you so much. Love you, girl. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Goddess Awakening. Check out our link tree in the description for all our socials and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform.